0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Post Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. She is Abby Schnabel. I'm Noah Hiles. It is show number two of our college basketball show here uh, in 2024. Abby, no easy way to put it. It's been a rough college basketball season for pretty much every team in the area, at least in the division one. You know, I mean, Robert Morris, yeah. 11, Duquesne started its... Atlantic 10 schedule with a pair of losses and has a huge game Friday but things aren't looking great for the Dukes as of late Penn State's 8 and 7 West Virginia is 5 and 10 and Pitt is 10 and 6 uh but one and four in the ACC 0 oh and 4 in quad one games 0 oh and 1 in quad two games it's just been I think every single team has been disappointing per their expectations heading into this year maybe aside from Penn State but it's been rough just your initial thoughts here before we get into the show format about what's been going on
1: yeah I mean I kind of had a feeling it'd be a little bit of a down year other than I, I did have high hopes for Duquesne um I have since lost a lot of hope in Duquesne since the last time we talked um I mean I just I'm not surprised about West Virginia I'm not surprised about RMU I'm You know, I'm honestly thinking Penn State's doing a little little bit better than I expected them to at this point. Um, I'm not shocked about Pitt either. Listen, uh, I can be a little bit of a pessimist, especially when it comes to college basketball and coming into the season. I mean, I thought they had the chances like to be a really good team, but I wasn't convinced and they haven't done anything to convince me. And so – I mean, the the only thing I'm surprised by is Duquesne because I really did think that they would be a much better team than than they're playing right now. And who knows, maybe they're having bumps and bruises. But ultimately, I'm not surprised. You know, it's just college basketball, man.
0: It is indeed. (laughs) All right, so like we do on this show, we have a question, we highlight something, and we give a prediction. So we start off with the question. My question for you, Abby, for this week's show. Our Pitts NCAA tournament chance is dead. Um, I mean, we're, we're, it's, we're recording on January 10th. Pitts next game, I believe is on the 16th. Um, it's 10 and six overall, one and four in the ACC, uh, 0 and four versus quad one, 0 and one versus quad two. And it's currently ranked 66 in Ken Palm and 65 in the net rankings. Still plenty of chances, but is it, Is it an unfair expectation at this point to have Pitt make it back to the tournament?
1: I don't know if I'd use the word unfair, unlikely. Unrealistic, Um, unlikely. Unrealistic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible. Like, it could happen. I think that there are a lot of things that they would have to do that I just don't think that they're capable of. I mean, I think you would have to um not drop a a home game from here on out which is difficult to do but you I mean the the a lot of bracketologists call it taking care of business you win the games you should be winning and you lose the games um that aren't surprising like a game against Duke granted um last night I would have expected Pitt to do a little bit better but you know Duke is Duke um and they they played phenomenally And so I think Pitt needs to take care of business and then some. I think they need a couple marquee wins um, that they don't have right now on top of winning the winnable road games and winning at home as much as possible. Um, And only then, or if they win the ACC tournament, which I do not see happening. No. (laughs) I think those are their only really two paths and neither of those are really likely opportunities. I just feel like they haven't really taken care of business up until this point. And, and that's going to hurt them. I mean, um, when your, your best win of the season so far is against Oregon state, like that's not necessarily a shining beacon of um, NCAA tournament hopes.
0: Yeah. Chris and I talked about this on the post game show last night. Um, At this point last year, Pitt had a win over Virginia on its home court. It had a win over North Carolina on its home court, which at that time was still good. North Carolina hadn't completely imploded yet. Um, And it had a win on the road in non-conference play at Northwestern. And it had a win on the road in conference play against NC State. Now granted, Pitt had worse losses at that time as well. Pitt had a loss to Michigan. It had a loss to VCU. It had a loss at home to West Virginia. And it had a loss at home to Florida State, uh, I believe, at this point. So there was a lot more good. There was a lot more bad. But my big takeaway right now for where Pitt currently stands is this has not looked like that great of a basketball team since the first four games in the year. The first two weeks, I thought this was going to be a better team than last year. I even voiced that opinion. And and I'm not someone who I think overreacts. I know it's hard to argue right now because I was a guy who also predicted the football team would go 9-3. and three. But I'm going off of what I've seen covering this team, and, and those were the expectations. And what I saw in the first two weeks was a point guard that was getting projected to go in the first round of the NBA draft that had a triple-double in his first-ever college game Transfers that were playing with high energy, Blake Henson playing like an all-ACC caliber player, and noted improvement by the Diaz-Graham twins and Fetty Federico. Uh, But as the season went on, really since the Brooklyn trip, I mean, they got smacked by Florida and they had a nice response against Oregon State. Uh, But they really just haven't been that same dominant team. And yes, they had a nice win over South Carolina State, and they battled back to beat Canisius, and they had a great defensive effort against Purdue-Fort Wayne, but their efforts in all three of those mid-major wins were nowhere near as impressive as they were in their first four games of the year. And you look 0-2 against the SEC, 0-3 against ranked teams on their home floor. That was the difference that got Pitt into the tournament last year, Abby, mm-hmm. were their three wins over ranked opponents at the Peterson Event Center. They had, I'm trying to think, I don't know if they had one ranked road win last year uh they they you know had nice wins they beat like i said they beat nc state a tournament team on the road they beat northwestern who wasn't ranked at the time they worked their way into the rankings i think at some points last year uh like those ended up aging to be nice wins but they never went into like a big road atmosphere and stole a win as a as an underdog over a ranked opponent um where this year, I mean, they're going to have to do that if they want to make the tournament. They have seven remaining quad one games, which, I mean, if, if that holds strong and they have 11 total quad one contests, I don't know if they had that many last year. I I, I don't think they had 11 total opportunities against a quad one opponent. So in theory, there are more opportunities ahead, right? And, and that doesn't just include... The way games at Duke, Clemson, Miami, Virginia. I mean, even games like at NC State, at Boston College, at Wake Forest. Those are games where those are currently quad one teams. The ACC is a lot better. So you don't have to go 14 and six like you did last year in league play to get into the dance. But you got to start winning at some point. I mean, you you can't, you got to assume but this team is not beating Duke and Durham, right? Uh, So that's five losses right there. And, And just looking down the schedule, there aren't a lot of games where you can really pencil pit in for a win. Maybe Louisville, but even a team like Georgia Tech looks immensely improved this year. Boston College looks a lot better this year. Florida State, a team that gave pit problems last year, looks better this year. Um, and again, we're in January, some teams are going to fall apart at this time. Last year, North Carolina was a tournament team, you know, <laughs> and, and, and so things can certainly change. And Duke was slumping at this time last year before it really found its rhythm. So things can certainly change, but Pitt has got to find its footing here soon, Abby. And mm-hmm. you, you mentioned it, you hit it right on the head. They can't lose another game at home. Cause I don't, I don't know how, I don't think they have one more quad one home game. Uh, at least as it stands right now. But you've got Wake Forest, who's decent. You've got Syracuse, who's decent. Uh, I don't know. Who else? I mean, like, all of their big home games have already come to pass. They've blown blown their chances to get that resume-building win in early January. And so now, they're going to have to get it on the road. And they're going to have to get multiple, multiple. And I I don't know if they have that. I still don't think this is like a losing record team, which we'll get into. Um, I think that the NIT is still in play here for Pitt, but they've got a lot to fix, which brings us into our highlight, uh, which is the thing that we're highlighting for this show is the bye week for Pitt. I don't know if you can even really call it. It's a week off. Their next game is on the 16th. It's at home against Syracuse. And Abby... This could not have come at a better time. If you look, they're banged up right now. Ish Leggett is still hurt. He he hardly participated. I mean, he played a little bit. Let me see how many minutes he got in here against Duke. He played, I apologize for the delay. Ishmael Leggett, he played 14 minutes. So a decent amount, but he didn't start. He's banged up. So you get a week to get him healthy. You also have a week to prepare for a must-win game against mm-hmm. a team you've already played. And it's going to be on your home court. And you need to win. You need to figure it out. You need to get out of these slumps. And I would ex- I would expect another change of the starting lineup. Uh, but you, you need to get healthy. You need to figure out who your best five players are. And you need to win this game. And that's where the bye comes into play. Abby, what do you think is the biggest area of focus here in this bye week?
1: I, so... I have a mixed feelings about bye weeks because I think while they're good for resting I also think they're harmful in that you're a break is help can be helpful but it can also just be be just as harmful and coming off of such a bad loss it almost makes me worry that this one is more harmful for them because of the fact that this is something – I know Cable said last night in his press conference he doesn't wash the tape or he doesn't throw away the tapes, which is fine, but this is a win you need to get out of your mouth fast. Right. And and it would have been better if they had um, a game this weekend, in my opinion, one that moved on from it, because this is now going to sit in their mouths, bad taste, for a week. And while that can be great motivation, it can also, again, like I said, be just as harmful. I do really like the fact that it allows them to get healthy because I think that is something that they need to do. I mean, I think Ishmael Leggett is is a much-needed piece of this team, and and he's best when he's healthy, just like everyone else is. But especially, like, you need that energy that he provides, and he can't really bring that right now where he is at in his recovery. And I like that it gives him a week to prep. Um, I wish it was a different team other than Syracuse just because like, I don't necessarily think you need a week to prep for a Syracuse team. I mean, Syracuse is good. Don't get me wrong, but I'd rather like, if you're going to have a week to prep for a team, I'd rather it be one of the ranked teams in the ACC. Um, and so I hope that they, that they spend their time accordingly and don't just focus on Syracuse during their, their week off, but they also take time to focus on their next opponent as well. And so, I don't know. I'm, I'm half and half on the bye week. I think it's important. I think their biggest issue right now is that they're beating themselves. I think it's less to do with their prep against specific teams and more about just honing in on the basics. I mean, we saw so many careless turnovers against Duke that it's just like they need to get into the gym and focus on making sure that they have good habits. And I think that's the emphasis that I would want in this bye week. Not necessarily, yes, prepping for Syracuse. Yes, prepping for other opponents. But it's more about prepping so that they're not beating themselves anymore. Because that's that's their biggest thing right now. Is like, yes, their their opponents are definitely giving them a hard time. But it doesn't help that as soon as their rhythm is shut down, you can see that they're getting in their heads. And right. That's what they. And that's going to happen with when you have freshmen gonna happen when you have young players um but I think this week is a really great time to kind of reset go back to basics and I hope that that's what they do
0: yeah I I agree um you know you, you talk about beating yourself I don't know if the Duke one is necessarily I just think they were overmatched but like that has been the case I mean you look at certain games um Syracuse is a game that you highlight I that that's a game that Pitt lost It didn't, Syracuse didn't win. Pitt lost that game. It allowed the bench to score 50 plus points. It shot poorly from the foul or no, it didn't shoot poorly from the foul line that game. Um, But uh, it it just made mistakes. Hinton went cold. Carrington went cold in that second half. North Carolina, that was a game when they were leading early on, you're watching and thinking, Pitt should be up by 10 right now with all the open looks. Those open looks weren't there against Duke but there have been other games where it's been the foul line. It's been inability to guard the paint. It's been an inability to make open shots, things that this team should have been solid at this year that have resulted in losses. And like I said, yeah, there, there aren't a ton of ugly losses. There's still no good wins. Yeah. There's not one. So we'll move on now to the final part of the show prediction time. Abby, Abby, of the five teams in the area, Pitt, West Virginia, Penn State, Duquesne, and Robert Morris, Blank will have a winning record at the end of the year. So there are five options. The most you can pick is five. How many of them will have winning records? And I'll go through their overall records real quick. Pitt is ten and six, West Virginia is five and ten, Penn State is eight and seven, Duquesne is eight and five, and Robert Morris is three and eleven.
1: Uh Duquesne's nine and five.
0: Nine and five, excuse me. Ken Palm lied to me. All right.
1: Um, I'm gonna cheat and say two and a half.
0: No, you gotta give me a full number.
1: It's two. Okay. Um, Who two. are they? Pitt and Duquesne. Um, mm. I think I, I I don't think Pitt I think Pitt's gonna pull enough off to um have a winning season. I think it's gonna be like close um, maybe one or two games over that 500 margin, but I do think they are going to have a winning season. I think they're able to string together enough things in certain moments that allow them to win games. I think they're just not doing it well right now. And it doesn't help that they're playing against some really, 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 really really tough teams. Um, with Duquesne, um, I'm going to use the example of you said last year, Duke was in a slump at this point last year. I think that's where Duquesne is at in their season. Obviously, I have high hopes for the team. I'm a little down on those hopes after their losses to UMass and Loyola Chicago. But I really do think we haven't seen the best of this team yet. Um, and so I do think that they're going to have a winning season. I'm not saying they're going to go to the NCAA tournament or anything. Um, but I do definitely think that they're going to have a winning season. I think they're going to pull out some tough wins that you weren't necessarily expecting and make up for those losses to teams like Loyola Chicago. Um, and then I just, I, I Penn State is my half, but no said I can't use my half. I don't know. I, I like this team. I like this Penn State team. I like what Rhodes is doing with it. Uh, the Big Ten is pretty tough this year. I mean, yeah. when you when you get a team like Nebraska – I mean, Nebraska's fantastic. I'm not crapping on Nebraska by any stretch of the imagination. But when Nebraska beats the number one team in the country by 16 points, um, there's kind of a uh, just a lot of really good teams in the Big Ten. And so that's why I'm like, I don't know. I'm not convinced Penn State's going to have a winning season, but I think they could. Um, and that's why I said my half. Um, and I mean, eight and seven is not a bad record right now um it just depends on can they pull out some some fun wins against uh teams that they likely shouldn't have beat i mean not saying michigan is a great team by any stretch of the imagination but i like that they pulled off that win on a neutral i say neutral because it was a cholesterol so how neutral is that for a penn mm-hmm. state team but like i like a win like that and if they can pull off a few more i really think that they could have a winning season but my two for sure are pitt and duquesne
0: I agree. I think both of them have uh, winning seasons. I think for as bad as Pitt has been, I still think and, – and like I, I wasn't really even impressed with the Louisville win, if we're being honest. That was a game – and I know Pitt co- even covered the spread. It was only a nine-point favorite, and it won by 13. But that's a game Pitt should have won by 20. That's not a good team. It's not a good program. You've got to blow those teams out. And so while right now how things currently stand, I don't know how Pitt will perform – against the likes of a Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, Florida State, Boston College, Virginia Tech, Syracuse. I think they find a way to win some of those games, especially the ones on their home court. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I You would have to, I, I think, I just, maybe I'm wrong here. There's not a lot of evidence to go off of to formulate this opinion. I just think that Jeff Capel has bought himself some credibility in the sense where you got to believe that they're not this bad. So that's my take. That's Abby's take. Abby, any final thoughts as we wrap this up?
1: I'm excited for Duke Duquesne and and Dayton on Friday. I think that's a game that's going to be fun atmosphere, no matter if Duquesne totally loses. And that's what I want to close on.
0: All right. Well, we'll have you covered there. And we'll have you covered for everything Pittsburgh sports related here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. For Abby, I'm Noah, signing off, Sam. We'll see you next week. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.